Hey everybody, welcome to the Sobriety Diaries. I'm your host, Nate Kelly, a recovering alcoholic seven years from my last drink, a recovery mentor and podcast producer. I am so grateful to be bringing you these powerful stories of recovery told by you, those who live them. Please share this podcast with anyone who may need it today. And with that, Let's open the diary on episode 102 of the Sobriety Diaries. Welcome back to the Sobriety Diaries. I am here with my friend, Gary Mankies today. Gary, happy Monday. How are you, my friend? I am well, my friend, and happy Monday to you. I appreciate you having me on. It's uh, an honor to be on the Sobriety Diaries. Happy to have you. We, in, in full transparency, have had a couple conversations to date. We have another one coming up. You are sort of in the midst of launching or the follow-up to launching your podcast. I want to start there because I think when I was probably somewhere in the time frame that you are, I was realizing the amount of work that goes into a podcast. How has the journey been thus far? It's been a lot of work, like you said but it is going super fast on so many different levels. The term podcast was, although I listen to podcasts, so, but it wasn't starting my own podcast was nowhere on the radar at all. Anytime, even recently, I'm always interested in in learning. I'm always interested in using my mind and, and growing and next chapter type stuff. And I was introduced somehow through a group of friends started their podcast, completely different area. And, I was like, I started looking into it. I was like, what am I going to talk about? You know, what could I really talk about? And somehow I landed on this super important topic that you and I both share of sobriety and transforming our lives and doing complete 180. And so I, I say that sincerely that this, when I say it's happening so fast, I mean, just a few months ago, like I said, this wasn't really on the radar. And now episode five is coming. I'm releasing one a week and episode five is coming out next week. And it's kind of, I sincerely, honest to God, feel like there's a, there's a, there's a bigger, there's a higher power going through here and there's a bigger purpose and that's really driving me. And although it seems hectic and I know you can, you could speak to the hecticness of it and, and, you know, bookings and people recording shows with you and the, and the, and the quality is bad and we have to redo it. Like I did <laughs> apologies once again, I appreciate your no uh, being so, you know, but it's, it really is, it's, it's going fast. Things I didn't care about, you know, a month ago, like followers and things. I, all of a sudden I am, I'm paying a whole attention new world, to it. Right? It's, it honestly has <laughs> been a blessing. It is, but the people I'm meeting Nate is what is really, I wasn't on the radar either. Like I wanted to, I remember when I was early on in sobriety and I'd hear people talk about maybe they were celebrities or people in my mind, for lack of a better word, you know, further along or higher up than I was. Talk about living a life of sobriety. It helped me. And I've been sober 17 plus years, which is a miracle if you knew me 17 years ago. Hmm. Um, But when I heard those people telling those stories 17 years ago, when I was struggling early on, it really helped. And I hear all these amazing stories, as I'm sure you do too, of just complete life transformations. And I just thought more people can hear these. More people need to hear these stories, not just the people in in my room or in my circle, so to speak. So... That's where, you know, that's where it stemmed from. And now there's, it's going, it's full. Like I said, I, there's, there's no turning back yeah. now. Not full steam ahead. Oh, full steam ahead. I'm playing the long game. So 
Good. I'm enjoying it. I really am. Good. Well, I want to talk about, because for me, also one of the surprising things was how integral the podcast has become in my own sobriety. And to someone with 17 years, I'm sure your recovery sort of regimen has evolved over the course of nearly two decades. But let's go back maybe 17 years and, and start with a bit more of your story and then kind of maybe evolve to today. And we'll talk a bit more about the podcast. But what was it like 17 years ago? So I was, I was alcoholic from the get-go. And this is stuff I didn't realize until I was in recovery. I had this, I developed a chip on my shoulder early on. I saw things a young kid's not supposed to see, eight, nine, 10 years old. Uh, I had a dad that was active. I love my dad. We have a great relationship as, as we can, can have. It's a little complicated at times, but I, from, from the get-go, you hear it a lot. I, I, I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin and I started drinking alcohol and it made me feel comfortable and I was able to do things like speak to girls or I have a little more courage. I, I kind of hated that kind of line for so long, but it, it does resonate with me. <laughs> yeah. No, but I got in trouble early too, Nate, 16 years old, night before Thanksgiving. It's a big night in my town. I, I snuck into the bar. I was with my, some older cousins all during the day, I snuck into the bar that night fight breaks out. I wake up Thanksgiving morning with a first degree assault of a police officer. Oh. I, the fight broke out. I allegedly broke a cop's nose right in the middle of the street. And I was, I was the smallest guy in the bar. I was the youngest guy in the bar by miles. And yet I'm the one waking up Thanksgiving morning. And, and, I, and I, I mentioned that because that, that changed the trajectory of, of my life at that age. I was captain of my baseball team. And next thing I know, I'm missing games because I'm in the court system and but people in my town, they looked at me differently. I come from, I come from a very interesting town. I'm a, my, my part of the town is a very kind of blue collar, a little rougher around the edges area. And if you go down the street a little bit and hop over a couple of fences, you're in like one of the wealthiest areas in the country. And so we all went to school together. And I, I mentioned that too. It seems to be coming up. I think I, I felt uncomfortable. I, I was always suffered. And even to this day of not enough, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good looking enough. I'm low, low self-esteem. But these are words that I didn't realize when I was out there. I learned these words in recovery. And as far as you hear the saying a lot, I wasn't, I didn't get in trouble every time I was drunk, but every time I got in trouble, I was drunk. And alcohol was my first crutch, my first thing. I definitely was an alcoholic from the get-go. Like I said, I found some other substances a little later, 18, 19 years old. And it's funny. I saw these things, like I mentioned my dad, I saw these things, what, what he was doing with his friends when I was a young kid. And I hated it. I hated the cocaine. I hated the stuff. I'd see cut straws in my cereal. I grab a, a spoon from my cereal box and there'd be cut straws from the night before, just stuff all over the place. So you're not supposed to sleep. And so I hated it. And lo and behold, at 18, 19, 20 years old, I, I, I get introduced to it, but it lets me drink more. And so I very quickly latched on to that. And I was, I was funny in the sense that like, I wouldn't have guys numbers. I wouldn't be like the guy calling to get all the stuff because I was against that. I was just a drinker. But as soon as I had a couple of drinks in me, I was like, call them and yep, get it now. Get and it. Let's go. Yeah. I so relate and, to uh, that. Yes. Yeah. And my friends and my buddies, even some of them that 
<laughs> were into that a little more responsibly than I was. They had to like keep it from me because I was the type of person that whatever was in front of me was like, do it all and do it all right now. And then once that's done, like get them back, let's yep. go. And it was, you know, it's, it's ugly. It's really, really ugly. I say that kind of almost ton in cheek, but it's a real dark and ugly place. And that's where I was 16. Fast forward a few years ago, I got a real job, my first real job. I never graduated. I never graduated college. I, I enrolled a few times in college and I have no college degree. And I find myself in a real job on a Wall Street firm, a real Wall Street firm, one of the bulge brackets. And I'm surrounded by a bunch of Ivy Leaguers. And I say this a lot, that chip on my shoulder I mentioned, I think it served me well at certain times too, that competitive kind of screw you. I know you're from Harvard, but this guy from nowhere, Long Island is going to outwork you. And I kind of just, I did that. And I'm still in that industry today in a much more relaxed kind of capacity. Yeah. But yeah, it's, so I was, I was at this job, my first real job, like I said, and I, in typical Gary fashion, I go out on a Thursday night, I go out all night. I don't show up Friday. I go on a bender on a weekend. I don't show up Monday. I don't show up Tuesday. There's a letter FedEx to my house and hand delivered to me. And I open it and says, Gary, if you are alive, you need to contact us. Otherwise your position is terminated. So I called them. I thought very quickly on my feet. I called them and I said, I am alive, but I have a problem with drinking. I have a problem with alcohol and I need to go away. And I went upstate to a place called St. Christopher's. They call it the miracle on the mountain. Hmm. It's in upstate New York. And that was in 2002. So I started, let me just back up really quick. I started at this firm. It was downtown Manhattan. I started of February 01. I'm about six, I don't know, less than half a mile, six blocks north of the World Trade Center. What happened there in September? The following April, I go AWOL and upstate to a rehab. And I'm in and out. I'm in and out for four years. My sobriety date is May 13th, 2006. And I went up to rehab April of 2002. So mm. I've heard this in the rooms, actually. For those four years, I've heard this term. And it was my sponsor who said it. And I, he didn't even just kind of said it off the cuff. And he said, we were engaged in a battle every single day. And we didn't even know it. And that was me four straight more than four straight years but just that that window from the rehab to my sobriety date it was just a battle and mm. i can go on and on but you hear a lot you know, in the I, rooms too like once you get a taste of the recovery and, and these things and it's kind of like sloshing around in your head but you go back out mm -hmm. it 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 kind of well, it eliminates any fun of the drinking, but I think when we're that deep, the fun had gone long ago, but when you have that taste yeah. of recovery and, and it kind of kills your, just kills the soul a little bit more, right? Because it attaches this Ooh, shame a, to the drinking even more. I, I love what you just said, because that's exactly what it's doing slowly yeah. or maybe not slowly. Sometimes it is, it is attacking your soul. Yeah. A little bit every single day. And that's what I was doing. I was killing my soul. The morals, right? We hear it a lot. My morals just kept getting lower and lower and lower. And I was, I had zero integrity. I had zero responsibility. I was, I was speeding. I, I had this job, but I was speeding to nowhere. I had absolutely nothing in front of me. I had no goals, nothing in front of me. But you, I love what you just, just said. You know, I'm going to have to use that one yeah. too, because it does. It really, it, it's, 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 it's killing your soul slowly. I'm, I'm drawing a blank too. You just mentioned something else that I picked yeah. up on. Keep going. Sorry. <clears throat> no, you're fine. I, what did I say? 
It was good. <laughs> oh, so the back and forth, the in and out. Well, I, I did want to ask you, were you working in Manhattan on September 11th? Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm yeah. sorry if that come across. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. about six blocks north. I think, I think if you Google map, it was like a half half a mile north. And I was outside blowing a butt when the first, I just missed. I was outside smoking a butt. I walked upstairs. And, and when I went upstairs is when the first plane hit. And I was sitting, I'm sitting at my desk and guy came storming. And this is a big trading floor. There's hundreds of people on this, on this trading floor. And some guy, I can remember him, that was named Tom C., great guy came screaming and said that was no accident that was no accident and we're like what is he talking about and then we go back downstairs and we're looking up and you just see this awful blaze and they're like holy cow we're like what's going on he still don't know what's what's happening and yeah. then again i just missed the second one i go back up to my desk when the second one hits and then i went over the loudspeaker the whole firm we had a big high rise downtown manhattan and uh, they said we're being evacuated because we're basically under attack and so we went downstairs again uh and that's when the chaos really kind of ensued and it's when people are jumping out and we're seeing that stuff and they just like get out start walking north and i was with a group of guys that i worked with and i wasn't really tight with anyone at this job just because i was just so different from everyone and so i started walking with them but i lo and behold i found a i bump into a a, a good friend from home and he was in the world trade center and so i just stayed with him and so he lived like downtown Manhattan, north of the World Trade Center, but he lived not far. And so we started walking. I mean, the whole city's walking in the streets and this yeah. behind your shoulder is the two twin towers. And I remember I locked on, I locked on to a guy in a, in a van and we, we locked eye contact and he was trying to say something and I, and I couldn't understand what he was saying. He was foreign and he was saying something to me and I walked to his van. I was like, what, what are you, what is it? What are you saying? And he was pointing at the radio in his, in his van and he was saying the Pentagon just got hit. The Pentagon just got hit. And we're like, wow. Okay. So what's next? Anyway, so we start walking towers fall right before my eyes and whatever. I just, that's a whole nother topic for all of us. You for know, all of us. I, right? I was close, but we are, we were all in, in that together for sure. Want to start a podcast? Spotify has a platform that allows you to create one so easily you won't believe it. And the best part, it's totally free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters allows you to record, edit, and distribute your episodes right from your phone or computer. You can also add songs from Spotify's library, edit with cool transitions, and then hear your show on all the big networks, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and more. You can also earn money through ads and subscriptions. And once again, for those in the back, it's completely free with no catch. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. You did say something in there that I related to in, in my addiction with related to my career or work. And you said you weren't really close to anyone. And I remember purposely keeping myself at a distance from any of my coworkers because I didn't want to let them in too close in fear of they would recognize my addiction or I wasn't fully focused during the day or any of my actions at work that would perhaps point toward that. 
was there any of that that factored into perhaps you keeping a distance from your coworkers? No, it was, it was just, I was so different and it was really, I like, I really did have this chip on my shoulder. Like I said, I was surrounded by these kind of, in my mind, this is all my head, a bunch of entitled people that are having these things handed to them and they have all these, they have all their accolades and they have their college degrees. Like I said, they're all Ivy leaguers and I, you know, honestly, I, I didn't even know how to answer an email. I remember early on getting an email at this job and I was, I was responding in, in caps lock. Like that's how lost I was, but I had this chip on my shoulder. Like I said, like, I'm going to do it. And in a way I did, I did outlast a lot of those people, but it doesn't matter. So, and to the flip side of your point though, and this is disease for me, I thought that this is where I'd shine. Like, yeah, I don't know how to answer an email and I don't, I'm learning what a stock is and, and how to trade this stuff, whatever, but 430, I can go out better than all of you. Let's go. Who wants right. to really get going? <laughs> That's how it was for a little bit, but very quickly, then I'd pull the, after a while, I'd pull the Irish exit. So when, when I, we did go out and I'd be like, yeah, this is fun. And then I'd bolt because I can't hang out with these guys. I need to go find someone that, or, or be by myself. I was a huge isolator. I, I loved to be Same. by myself abnormally oh, yeah. yeah and so i would go and i'd go find a dark bar and i'd sit by myself and i'd sit to myself all night and i would go out all night all by myself i loved it just loved it even right now i can feel it when mm-hmm. like i said i've been sober a long time but that's a sick that's a sick person talking to you even right now and i was a young man at the time wow so after those four years then what was the catalyst or when, when did it stop or finally click after that uh, you know, four-year period you hear this well you hear things like this a lot where you can't really put a f- an actual finger on it but i was sitting at my apartment i had a great apartment on west 12th street in west village new york city and i'm sitting in my apartment all by myself again and i feel like it's a tuesday i think if I look back, I have to check, but I say Tuesday because it was such an ordinary, nothing like big night. It wasn't Saturday night or it was just a Tuesday. And I was drunk as a skunk <laughs> in my apartment, drinking beers, booze, vodka, Jack, all of it, smoking weed or whatever else I had. And my mom's one of 10 and I am the first grandchild of my mom's side of the family. And I have like 21 younger cousins and they kind of looked up to me. Well, not kind of, they did look, they did look up to me. And I just remember thinking about them for some reason and just thinking like, is this what you want them to see? Is this like the role model that you want to be for these guys? And honest to God, I just said, I don't want to do it anymore. And I said, God, I I don't want to do this anymore. And in those four years, I went to, I went to the rehab, I went to AA and I always said, it'd probably be a time when I really have to stop drinking one day. But I was like, I'm definitely not going back to AA. Like, I'll do it on my own. I'll do it on my own. And lo and behold, this May 13th, which is my sobriety date, next day, which was the next day, I am calling intergroup at AA in New York City. And I went to a meeting that day. And for the first time, like for those, uh, for the years, for those four years now, also I was in and out. I, I'd come in, I'd go on just fantastic benders, try to stop drinking. I'd go back to, to AA and I never put 90 days together, ever. Not even the rehab. Never put 90 days together because I was going to do everything myself. I, I just, I, I guess I wasn't given that gift of surrender that I was given that night. And so I went back to AA and, but this time, like I just started doing what I was told and listening to this, the suggestions that were given me and 
before if some you know guy came up to me and said hey here's my phone number call me tomorrow every instinct in my body is to like to is to turn away I'm like i'm not gonna call some strange guy what is this guy who does he think he's talking to and this time i was like fine i'm just gonna do it and then i would i'm like hey you told me to call you so i'm calling you how you doing i'm good did you drink today no all right when i started this practice too it was, it was given to me as a suggestion like start your day in your knees and ask ask god ask whoever your higher power is to give you the gift of sobriety today and i remember i did that and at the end of the day i couldn't believe i didn't drink and went wow that worked and at the end of the day i, I thanked him for giving me the gift of sobriety for just today and that's a practice i started early on from day one and i still do that today and it's still part of my prayers my morning prayers and again morning prayers were not in my rotation 17 plus years ago but now they are start my day every single day on my knees in prayer and in gratitude just thanking my higher power who i call god for this day for giving me the gift of sobriety for my family for our health and just i ask him to please let me help someone today one person today and that's the mantra of the of the podcast too let me just help one person today wow yeah the gratitude i think our for me at least my recovery practices and meetings or conversations may evolve and, and my practices may change but i think for me at least the gratitude has to stay there the gratitude has to be part of the recovery focus or that complacency starts to settle in and that's a scary place i think if we're yeah. complacent in our sobriety Oh yeah, that that is a complete you know, complacency leads to I'm okay, leads to I got this, leads to I don't need this meeting, this higher power, this anything. And gratitude, when I am like when I'm really kind of on the beam, no matter what's going on in my life, when I'm living in gratitude, like I'm okay. I, I love the saying too, and I say it a lot, like you can't live in fear and faith at the same time. Mm. So I can be overcome with fears. I could put fear on anything. I could I could put my finger on fear anything pretty much in my life. Like I could say I'm fearful of what I'm going to say today. I'm fearful of what Nate's going to think of me. Am I? I hope his audience like I can go on and on and on. And then I could have even deeper fears. I hope my family's okay today. On and on and on. But when I hear when I when I remember that 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 message, which is completely a fact, when you can't live in faith and fear at the same time. When I go live in in faith and know that I'm right where I'm supposed to be, that I have a higher power that is with me and within me, and it starts with gratitude and it keeps me grounded. And I'll say this too, and again, this is all, I, I haven't made any of this stuff up, stuff that I just learned along the way is property of sobriety, or for me, property of Alcoholics Anonymous. That's where I got sober was AA. Mm -hmm. I could put that sticker on anything that I have, right? anything that I own, anything material, but anything non, not material, things like integrity. I didn't have integrity. Maybe I did early, younger, but for the, the dark ages of my life, I didn't have integrity. I didn't have responsibility. And this may sound funny too. And I say this a lot, actually, like every single time the phone rings, Nate, I have an instant, honestly, and I feel it an instant sense gratitude that I can answer this phone no matter what right away. Because for so long, I was unable to answer the phone. And it even in sobriety. that like pit in your stomach when it rings. Like, yeah. oh God, yeah. who is it? Who's after me? What did yeah. I do Who's last after night? me? 
yeah like what what did i do what who do i owe what did you know who is it and even in sobriety even when i know i didn't do anything like the night before i couldn't answer the phone for so long it was like my muscle memory was so it was it was attached to the anxiety of it and today when the phone rings honestly like I just I have this instant sense of gratitude that I can answer the phone right away. And it's it's a it's a it's one of the little things. And I think yeah. life is really a big giant barrel of little things. And I think gratitude help helps me get there if that makes sense. Sure does. Yeah. Well, Gary, you mentioned the podcast, the Begin Again podcast. Tell us sort of what we can expect from from your episodes. You mentioned kind of the mantra and the theme of it, but what are some of your goals with the podcast and, and what you'll share with the audience? My goals, and again, this, this happened really quickly, but my goals are to grow it and the grow it is really, really big. And I say that because the more people that are listening to it, A is telling me that maybe it's it's going okay and that they like it, but really, what it's there for is to help someone. And yes, I say help one person today. And that is the mantra. But I say that with the obvious, if it's a, if there's a bigger audience that you can help more than one person today. In fact, my, my prayers in the morning are starting to shift to let me help multiple people today. Let me help as many people as I possibly can today. So that's where, you know, and I mentioned before, just it's the, it's the message. I think that when I came in, 17 plus years ago into an AA room for me or into, it could be into a rehab for someone, or maybe they just stopped drinking, whatever, however they get here. Like, I, I don't care how you get here. Like, cause I am not, AA is what worked for me, but I'm not saying that's the only way, but there's no big sign when you walk into a room that says, come on in, you can completely change your life. And that's exactly what happened to me. And that's exactly what happened to countless, countless of other people. And so my goal is to share those stories of if you if you can turn your life around and you can find sobriety, you not only can stop drinking and stop living that way and you're not alone, but you can completely make a beautiful life for yourself, bigger and better than anything you can possibly imagine. And I mean that sincerely, that is not hyperbole. That is the truth. Now, my goals have changed a lot when you hear beyond my wildest dreams. Like I was never like a Lamborghini guy, but that's not what the, what the goals are. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the goals have changed and the goals of, I want to help someone today. I want to be able, maybe I leave a legacy. Maybe I do. I have big dreams of where I want to take the podcast and there's big ideas from the podcast, but it's all built around helping people. And I had this kind of a, I guess you can call it epiphany kind of re recently that all the things that I had done to myself or all the things that had happened to me, I want to turn it on its head and I want to make it a, turn it into a positive, like getting in trouble early. Like I was so ashamed of that story for so long. Like couldn't see parent friends and people were disappointed in me, family. But now that's, there's a little bit of power in that, in that story that maybe I can help grow, grow the show. Right. Yeah. I had a, a widow maker heart attack four years ago, totally off topic, I guess, but I was walking to the train, felt the chain, uh, pain in my chest, and I had a widow make a heart attack. I made it home. My wife rushed me to the hospital. It's a long story, but my point is if I grow an audience, I can have something with a heart health avenue to it yeah. where I can help people there. I found out I had a brother. I'm 49. I found out I had a brother when I was 44 years old. I want to help people 
abandoned children. I want to help them as well. Like there's just so much stuff that everything that I had in my mind that is so negative or a difficult situation turned into a positive. So I don't know. There's, like I said, this is happening all so, so fast, but in a, in a good way. And it's all coming from a good place of service. And that's, that's again, a word that was not on my radar 17 plus years ago. And that's, that's what I want to do. I want to help people today. That's amazing. Well, great segue. What if our listeners are struggling? What are some action items that you can offer them today as something to kickstart their, their recovery or to put one foot in front of the other? Other than I hear listening this so to the podcast. Much. Yeah, no, no. I, I hear, I think if there's something that I hear the most of, Nate, it's this, this, this fear of what people are going to think of them. They're going to lose something. They're going to lose their buddies. They're going to lose their friendship. They're going to lose their identity. And the truth is nobody cares. And if someone like kind of like gives you a hard time about it, like they're, they're definitely, or most likely not someone that should be important in your life. So, I mean, th that happened, that was, that was me early on too. I was just, I couldn't go to a party. I thought I, my entire identity was like partying and I thought I was going to lose everyone. And, but that's totally not the case. And so the people that are close to you, they're, they're going to support you. And then as far as like, I'm a big KISS guy, keep it simple, stupid. It just works for me. And again, for me, it was AA at the beginning, all I did was not drink and go to meetings. And I would, that's all I did. Like that was my mantra early on. Don't drink and go to meetings. Some people say, well, there's a lot more to it. And there is a lot more to it. But at the beginning, early on, if you don't drink and go to meetings, maybe if you hear someone in a meeting that you like what they're saying, that you can relate to them, that you feel comfortable with, reach out to them, try to befriend them. You know, meeting makers make it, they say, and I, I, this is not an AA show. I know, and I'm not, my show is not an AA show either, but like I said before, you can totally change your life. And to answer your question again, is just go easy on yourself. We can, I think we're a, we're a community that really beats up, beats ourselves up really, really easily for some reason. It's like a common denominator. Even when we're doing well, we find stuff that we beat ourselves up for. So just go easy, man. And go easy on yourselves. Easy does it. It is, it is one day at time, one day at a time. Don't project. And I'll say one last thing as far as projection, because it's a big part of my recovery is when I get in those fear-based modes, it's all, it's all projections. It's all projections that I'm fear-based projections. I'm, this isn't going to happen, or I'm not going to do that in the future. Or, this is going to happen in the future. And it's hard as it is, just if you just stay in the day and you stay in the moment and live in the now, as they say, it's, 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 it's a much easier, easier place. Go easy on yourself. It kind of goes along with the manifestation and, and what you're speaking into the world. And if you're beating yourself up and thinking or talking negatively, it just creates this, this negative environment for, for more negativity to kind of fester. So even if you aren't in the best place right now, go easy on yourself. I agree with that so much. Yeah. And if you're really struggling, reach out. There's so many resources, whether it's a podcast, whether it's this, your podcast, whether it's intergroup, whether it's Alcoholics Anonymous, there's so many resources online that is not AA. And again, if you ask me, if someone asks me, I'm going to bring them to an AA meeting. That's where I'm going to send them. 
but there's other places I've, I, I have friends that run rehabs that are not necessarily AA based and there's other ways to do it again. And I'm going to keep pounding this for me. It's AA. And if anyone asks me, I'm going to send them to Alcoholics Anonymous for sure. But my point is that there's just a ton of resources. I'm sure there's some on your website. There's some on my website. There's just, just Google it. Just seek help, man. Like seeking help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of courage. And I think that is something that early on we don't realize and we don't know. And I've been given the gift of, I thought I knew everything and I know nothing. And I kind of lead that way because it allows me to learn. And I'm a place now that I keep an open mind and all of it, you know, but it starts with me getting sober. Gary, where can people find you online or find more about the podcast? Here's your, your pitch moment. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So the begin again podcast, you can find me in any podcast platform that you listen to, wherever you hear your podcasts. We drop an episode once a week right now. I want to get it up to two, but right now we're going to stay at one. Everything seems to be going well. And I'm building out my social media platform. Uh, Instagram is where I'm at the most, where I interact the most. It's at the begin again podcast on Instagram. And that seems to be going really well. And my website is the begin again podcast.com. So any of those places, DM me or I'm very available, especially on this topic. That's, I'm just trying to pay it forward. So many people helped me and I always had a thing, even in my sobriety, even to this day, like, I wish I can do more. I wish I could help more people. And this, this maybe, maybe was my higher power listening to some of my prayers in there and putting this podcast. So maybe I can, we can help more we, together. We can help more people one day at a time. So yeah, that you can find me, please. I, I Again, Instagram, I guess is my main spot right now. He's, he's quick to reply on Instagram. I can say that. And I will, I'll link all of that in today's show notes. Gary Minkies, thank you so much for your time today, friend. I will, I'll see you again when Monday, I guess. Yeah, Monday. I'm looking forward <laughs> to hearing your story again. Maybe and we can kind of link the release of the shows to kind of like a, a, a crossover episode, if you will. Sure. I think that's a great idea. Might be fun, it's right? The stuff that I'm learning, the collaboration part yeah, of things. You're sure. way ahead of me on that. And I'll just say really again, again, quickly, it's the people, honestly, that I am meeting that was not part of the the mission statement, the plan when I wrote down all just the ideas of this podcast. Yeah, it's an but it's an amazing perk. And I have met so many people, amazing people and amazing communities like yourself, Nate, in such a short period of time. I have a I'm lucky I have a Rolodex of people that I can bring on, but I started the podcast completely cold and, and everyone that I have had on is our, our, our brand new relationships. And I'm, I think we mentioned last time we spoke, but I'm big on relationships and keeping the relationship and just to be able to email or text guys and girls that we've met in the past a couple of months is it's a really beautiful thing. I agree. One of the unexpected, but it's up there top of the list with the yeah. relationships that we can build and utilize partnerships in the future and whether it's a, a podcast or a influencer or someone that has a little bit of, of power influence on other sure. people to to help convey our message or to help other people. So I agree. One of one of the, the best perks. Yeah, totally.
Well, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on. I love what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. I know you got a, you're wearing a lot of hats in a lot of different areas right now, but it's impressive to watch. So it's an honor to be on with you today. Thanks so much, Nate. Thanks, Gary. We'll talk soon. Thanks so much for listening today, friend. Hopefully you heard something that resonates with you. And if we help just one person, our job is done. Make sure you check today's show notes for all the information discussed in today's episode and how to connect with our guests. Until next Wednesday, try your best not to drink and be good to yourself. Bye, everyone.